comedy, comedy, huh? Comedy, it's in my blood. I wish it was in my act. <laughs> Our next comedian's from Russia. How do you like that, huh? This guy came here seven years ago, couldn't speak a word of English. Today he speaks 12 words. All Spanish. <laughs> Say hello to Yakov Shmirnov. Okay, here we are. Great guy. Okay. All right, baby. Yeah. Hi. Hi. My name is Yakov Smirnov. I am comedian from Russia. Thank you very much. I want to explain to you what happened to that airplane. I am actually from Russia. I was born there, grew up there, worked as a comedian out there. What surprises me, American people don't know we have comedy in Russia. We have comedians, they're there. They're dead. They're there. It's very hard to do comedy in Soviet Union. You have to write out all your material and you send it to Department of Jokes. I'm not making this up. They send it back to you, censored. You have to stay with the script. You cannot improvise. If someone heckles you from the audience, you can't say like, your mother wears army boots. Because she probably does. And she will hurt you. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. They're not going anywhere. You gotta be very selective, very careful of what jokes you say. If you say like, take my wife, please, you get home, she's gone. <laughs> I realized that I wanted to get out of Russia. It's not easy uh, to get out because you apply for a visa, but they give you MasterCard. Yeah. <laughs> there are no things like American Express, they give you Russian Express, don't leave home. Finally, I got an answer, get out. And I'm, um, my, my first stop in America was in Cleveland, Ohio. Anybody from Cleveland by chance, anybody? They made me feel at home in Cleveland, so I had to escape again. <laughs> now, I make fun of Cleveland because everybody makes fun of Cleveland, is that correct? I mean, every country has one city people make fun of. In Russia, we used to make fun of Cleveland. Then I got to New York. New York was great. I walked out of the airplane. I saw my name written, big letters, Smirnoff. <laughs> America loves Smirnoff. I said to myself, what a country. <laughs> I didn't speak English. It was hard, you know. Uh, everybody was telling me different things to do. You know, people would say, you're gonna learn pigeon English first and you'll be fine. So I used to go to parks. <laughs> and I learned. Then I learned how to crop on windshields. <laughs> Friend of mine said, I quit smoking cold turkey. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> what do you so smoke now, ham? <laughs> I, I was reading newspaper. The ad in the paper said, big sale last week. Now, why advertise? I already missed it. They're just rubbing it in. Another ad in the paper said, we guarantee our furniture and we stand behind it for six months. That's the reason I left Soviet Union. I don't want people behind my furniture. 
I was in Nashville, Tennessee. That screwed me up completely. Those people check your hearing constantly. You come back, you hear. I heard it. I was working there in Nashville and, and the club owner was a very nice guy, kind of a little weird, showed me around Nashville, showed me his farm. And he played practical joke on me. He let me milk his bull. Now I learned something. You milk this animal once, you have a friend for life. He was following me around, going, you come back, you hear. It's amazing, certain things, I mean, but, but it's great to be in this country. You have freedoms, you know, you can say anything you want, you can do whatever you want. Certain freedoms I had no idea about. I walked in the store, first time, I saw this box, it says, new freedom. <laughs> and I said to myself, what a country. Freedom in a box. I bought 15 of them. If any of you need some, I still have it. I had no idea what those things were, but Super Maxi. I figured I should get as much freedom as possible. And I would write letters to my friends in Russia. I would put those things in envelope. I figured they should enjoy some freedom too. Then I read it says sanitary napkins. I would put those things on the tables. I thought those are good napkins, they were expensive. And people would go, yeah. But nobody would want to tell me what those things are. People don't like to talk about this. I thought they're like knee pads. Then I thought they're like headbands. Here I am wearing this stuff in the gym. People coming over and going, you look good. What the hell are you wearing? I don't do it anymore. I buy stay free. Thank you very much. You're wonderful. Thank you. Wacko, you can wager all or part of your money. I'll blow the world. All right, then. In the category of the United States, the answer is... The names of all 50 states and their capitals. Okay. Here goes. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Columbus is the capital of Ohio. There's Montgomery, Alabama, south of Helena, Montana, then there's Denver, Colorado, under Boise, Idaho. Texas has Austin, then we go north to Massachusetts, Boston, and Albany, New York. Tallahassee, Florida, and Washington, D.C. Santa Fe, New Mexico, and Nashville, Tennessee. Elvis used to hang out there a lot, you know. Trenton's in New Jersey, north of Jefferson, Missouri. You got Richmond in Virginia, South Dakota has Pierre, Harrisburg's in Pennsylvania, and Augusta's up in Maine. And here is Providence, Rhode Island, next to Dover, Delaware. Concord, New Hampshire, just a quick jaunt to Montpelier, which is up in Vermont. Hartford's in Connecticut, so pretty in the fall. And Kansas has Topeka, Minnesota has St. Paul. Juneau 
volcanoes in Alaska and there's Lincoln in Nebraska and it's Raleigh out in North Carolina and then there's Madison, Wisconsin and Olympia in Washington, Phoenix, Arizona and Lansing, Michigan. Here's Honolulu, Hawaii's a joy, Jackson, Mississippi and Springfield, Illinois, South Carolina with Columbia down the way and Annapolis and Maryland on Chesapeake Bay. They have wonderful clown chowder. Cheyenne is in Wyoming, and perhaps you make your home in Salt Lake City, out in Utah, where the buffalo roam. Atlanta's down in Georgia, and there's Bismarck, North Dakota, and you can live in Frankfurt in your old Kentucky home. Salem in Oregon, from there we join. Little Rock in Arkansas, Iowa's got Des Moines, Sacramento, California, Oklahoma, and its city. Charleston, West Virginia, and Nevada, Carson City. That's all the capitals there are. Huh? Oh. I'm so sorry. You failed to put your response in the form of a question. censored and clean version of that because we're on public radio and uh, actually I think uh, beeping out all the F-words maybe kind of made it even funnier but uh, before that on Living with Cramley you have Bruce Springsteen born in the USA then it was a two-life crew with a band in the USA uh, obviously sampling uh, Bruce Springsteen uh, from there we did some comedy from Yakov Smirnov called From Russia with Lass which was recorded way back at 1984 in a comedy club called Dangerfields and then it was a Animaniacs sing-along song called Wacko's America, and by now you probably figured out the theme is America, because Seth Coos, 
American, became the first American to win La Velta or any big race in the world in the last 10 years, um, mostly because of that Lance Armstrong um, debacle. But uh, we'll talk about Sepp's big achievement a little bit uh, later here on the show. And... Um, yeah, big win for him, big win for USA. So uh, let's transition into a little bit of Sixth Street news and not a ton happening. Um, the fall is really one of the best times for Sixth Street as the weather cools off and you've got football games and a lot of energy, but uh, really wasn't out on my bike uh, doing a lot of patrol this week. But I did have one funny um, anecdote I'd like to share with you uh, as I was coming back from, I think, stadium or something like that I don't exactly remember where I went to the first half of the trip but on the second half of the trip um, I'm coming down 9th Street at the corner of 3rd Avenue and I see this uh, inflatable pool in the front lawn and I have never seen an inflatable pool at this house before but um, there was and what made this kind of interesting is that there must have been 20 to 25 young women you know 18 to 21 year old I presume and they're all stuffed in this pretty small inflatable pool and I was just amazed at the physics of it. How did they get all those women into this uh, tiny little pool? And there were like two or three dudes there too, I I believe, but uh, it was the women that really caught my eye. So much so that um, I almost had an accident because there's a stop sign right in front of that intersection and I was looking over trying to like I say it uh, figure like out the physics how they got that many people in that tiny pool and as I'm doing that there's a car coming and I had to slam on my my brakes of my bike and had quite the skid um, which is something we used to do when we were kids go as fast as you can on your bike slam on the brakes see how long of a skid mark you can leave on the road I know I have to say my unintentional skid mark was at least two or three feet. Uh, If it had been five feet, I might have got hit by the car. So uh, that was kind of a lucky break. And uh, both were lucky breaks that I didn't get killed. And uh, you see something you don't get to see every day out on patrol. But um, that's kind of it for Sixth Street News. But if you do listen each and every week, and I know most of you do, uh, I talked about how I went on The Secret last week. Now... I know for listeners, the secret sounds maybe like a diet plan, but let's be honest, we all know the real secret diet plan to weight loss is uh, this drug called Ozempic. But yeah, I'm talking about the Oprah secret. Uh, Not actually written by Oprah or made by Oprah, but a book that she had on her show, on her book club that she made really, really famous. And the secret is this, in a nutshell. If you wish and visualize um, for something to come true, it will come true. So I've been secreting all last week, I'm secreting this week, Uh, so let me give you some examples. First up, um, we've been doing some very much overdue, required, and extremely necessary repairs to our 1949 uh, year old house. from the 1949s, so that would make it, what, 73, 74, something like that. So about 75-year-old. As you can imagine, things break quite often. And well, it started this summer with the AC, actually, back in June, it broke. And to make a long story short, two different companies came out, told us the whole unit would have to be replaced because 
the company that produced the parts, they went down in COVID, you can't find them anymore, yada, 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 and replacing and with a whole new unit is going to be around twelve to $15,000, um, which is something we did not that long ago. I think we replaced our unit like eight or nine years ago. But then, as luck would have it, speaking of the secret, um, we found this third-party company um, who came out to our house and has a really great technician, and he was able to jury-rig the AC unit so that it works. So long as we never touch the thermostat and we leave it uh, constantly running at 76 degrees. Uh, so in other words, you can never turn it on or off, adjust it cooler, adjust it um, hotter, no touching. So uh, I've been using the secret recently. Every morning what I do is I place my hand, or yeah, I place my hand on my copy of the secret uh, next to my gratitude journal. And I wish for and visualize really good luck and the AC unit to keep working that day and functioning all the way through fall and winter, making it last at, at least until the spring. Um, so that's kind of one secret thing that's been working for me, keeping my air condition uh, working. Uh, the next secret, we had to pay someone to do some pretty major home repairs in our kitchen and bathroom. And what I wound up doing, uh, as I was using the secret uh, to wish and visualize that when they give us the cost estimates, they would not be totally unreasonable. And the secret worked. The repairs were... I mean, I don't even think they were half of what we were expecting financially. But it does probably help besides the secret that our contractor is a Russian, for whatever that means. And finally, uh, as far as the secret goes, I talked about him at the beginning, but Sepkus, he was a 150 to 1 long shot to win this race. And he's been racing for three weeks. No one thought he could do it uh, over in Spain in La Vuelta. And he was the first American to really do anything in cycling for the last 10 years um, after the whole Lance Armstrong thing. So, uh, yeah, pretty amazing luck and odds to, for a guy, an American, who's 150 to 1 um, to come through. Also partly because Sepp Kuss, if you're really honest about his ability, he's the third best rider on his team, Jumbo Visma. And the other two guys in front of him um, had already won the other two big tour, Grand Tours this year. Um, so it wasn't very likely that Subcoos was going to pull this off. But through the power of uh, Oprah's Secret, I was able to visualize him winning the race. And I did have some small part in helping my favorite rider just pull off that shocking upset at La Vuelta. And then also secreting on top of that, at the very beginning of the race, I may have placed a small legal sports bet wager online uh, for him to win at 150 to 1 odds. And guess what? That money is paying for almost all of the home repairs, and I might have a little bit left over, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. So that is the magic of the secret right there. If it works for me, it can work for you. But uh, let's do music. Next up, you got Nation of Language, Sightseer, here on Living with Cramla. Sure. 
introduce you to patterns of behavior so you can see for yourself on paper and it takes the fun right out of it
Searching cause I'd like to stay here
Is uh, midlife return to Centaurus some cool psychedelic rock there? And return to Centaurus is probably the perfect name for that song if I think about it. But uh, before that, on Living with Cramla, 
you had Nation of Language, Sightseer, then it was one from Bajan, No More Swamp, and then you heard uh, Wild Nothing with Suburban Solutions, and then my favorite new song of the week from Jaco Aino Kalevi and Ama Jodorowsky. That one's called Palace in My Head, and uh, yeah, really like that one. So um, it's time in the show for us to do topics. And this week's hot topic is going to be unanswered questions. Question number one. Um, So this one had been bothering me for a while. Not enough to actually uh, Google it. Um, But here was the question I was wondering. Who exactly is this Adam-22 person? Now, admittedly, I have a pretty good pop culture IQ. Uh, As far as social media goes, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and occasionally Instagram. Um, Never TikTok, though. And I listen to podcasts that from time to time uh, do pop culture and influencer type stuff. And that's pretty much the only way um, how I know who Mr. Beast is. And if you have a kid under 12 years old, you probably know who Mr. Beast is too. But uh, well, also the Liver King. That's really not one for kids. And that's a weird story. So uh, that might be worth checking out if you've never heard of the Liver King before. It's a really weird story. But um, there was this guy, Adam22, that I kept seeing or hearing his name mentioned frequently like in social media or podcast. And through that, I was able to make an inference that uh, Adam22, he's definitely some kind of influencer. And uh, maybe six months ago, he was involved in some kind of like major scandal. And oh, Adam22 is an influencer, all right but not your run-of-the-mill Instagram influencer like uh, Paris Hilton. Well, actually, though, Adam22 does have something pretty big in common with Paris, and that would be that they've both been featured in really well-known homemade videos. But specifically, Adam22 is an uh, influencer, and I want to tread lightly here because we're on a public radio FCC, so I'm going to choose my words carefully. Uh, But Adam22 is an influencer who makes uh, modern adult cinema. Not the kind of classic adult cinema that normally features like a pizza delivery or a pool boy. Uh, No, Adam-22 makes the modern kind of uh, adult films that pretty much um, air on OnlyFans. And either you know what OnlyFans is or you don't. You're probably actually better off in life if you don't. But uh, anyway... Uh, Adam-22, though, doesn't just, like, produce and star in really popular modern adult cinema films. He also produces a very popular podcast discussing his endeavors, which I just recently learned about. And he has, as far as, like, his adult uh, films go, he has a very specific bit that they do on OnlyFans. And by they, I mean Adam-22 and his wife that he recently married named Lena. Uh, using the OnlyFans platform, uh, they make uh, adult cinema uh, featuring the two of them and always like a third party, which is always another woman. A menage a trois, if you uh, speak French, like I did. I took two years in high school and two uh, in college. But these short adult films are enormously popular and more or less um, how adult cinema works in 2023 using like the only uh, Band's platform. 
And like I said, I had never even heard of Adam-22 until this year, and then all of a sudden, I keep seeing his name over and over. It's trending all the time on Twitter. And usually when I see, like, influencers, like, in the, the news, I automatically are going to skip over that because I'm just not super interested in influencer culture. Uh, that's for people in their 20s, I think. Uh, but like I said, some of the podcasts I, I was listening to were mentioning him by name. And so at this point, in my, in my mystery, my unanswered question, all I knew about Adam-22 um, was that he is an influencer, has a newlywed wife, and that she cheated on him. And I, I thought that was enough information uh, that I needed to know about Adam-22. But boy, was I wrong. Um, because I just heard him on Steve-O's podcast, which this stroke, admittedly, this show is really strange, but Steve-O's podcast is probably the strangest in the world. Because on the one hand, you have Steve-O, who has become, uh, surprisingly, like one of the biggest voices in recovery now that he's been clean, I think, for 15 years. And his podcast really goes a lot deeper than you would expect from a man probably best known for stapling his testicles to his thighs. And so Steve-O had Adam-22 on as a guest uh, to explain the whole cheating controversy involving his life partner slash wife, uh, Lena. So what happened was she made a video and had relations with another man, uh, and that video was put out. And this is like right after she and Adam-22 were married. And this made everyone lose their mind who knew about Adam-22 um, because she quote-unquote cheated on him. Now, you got to keep in mind that um, she, other random women, and Adam-22 have made, I don't know, hundreds of short adult films for OnlyFans. But his fans, the idea of her cheating on Adam-22, it infuriated everyone and her fans too. Except, here comes the twist. Wait for it. Uh, She didn't actually cheat. Well, she kind of did. But in the interview, Adam22 on uh, Steve O's show, he's very like dry, very clinical way. Um, Adam22 explains that uh, the thing that made so many people mad was just all a publicity stunt to drive traffic to his OnlyFans and that he and his wife, they spent weeks planning out the whole thing and discussing how this would uh, all go down. Um, And again, it's all just to drive traffic to their OnlyFans and social media. So it's a business plan is what they put together. And it worked. It really worked. But the fallout from the whole thing, uh, at least according to Adam22 on Steve O's show, was something they weren't quite ready for. Which is weird, because basically his fans are mad that he, Adam22, I'm going to put this in air quotes, allowed his wife to make that film. Which, in my opinion, is a little bit ironic, considering the nature of their relationship, which is very public, and the specific business um, that they are in, which is making adult films. So that is um, Adam22. Unanswered question number one, he makes films. That's who he is. Um, Films for grown-ups. Question number two, that's unanswered. 
And this one really goes back a long way. And at the end, I'm not going to have any answer because what I really want to know is who in the world living in Colorado is voting for Lauren Boebert? Um, now, I'm never going to take living with grandma in an overtly political direction, but you have to make exceptions. And along comes the wonderful Lauren Boebert story where she got kicked out of uh, Beetlejuice for her misbehavior. And by Beetlejuice, I'm referring to like the stage production of Beetlejuice, not the actual movie. And by misbehavior, we're talking about, among other things, obnoxiously loud singing, vaping, and groping. And don't even get me started on that AVN dress she was falling out of as they escorted her from the building. And if you know what AVN is, then you get a uh, gold star for living with Kramla. And I'll give you a hint. Avian is kind of a callback to Adam-22, hint, hint. Regardless, uh, this 36-year-old woman who also was a grandmother, let's throw that in, um, she was very much acting like a 16- or 17-year-old during the performance, and she was really surprised to find something out. And that would be just how good the night vision on the venue security camera was. Um, in fact, it looks kind of like that Paris Hilton video. Uh, that's another callback from earlier in the show in more than one way. And yeah, I'm on fire because that's the second callback to Adam-22. But yeah, um, of course, in classic uh, political maneuver, she denied everything. Uh, that none of this had happened until the next day, of course, when the vaping and groping were clearly caught on the security uh, camera tape. And the cherry on top of the story is the guy that she was with isn't actually her husband. I found out afterwards that they're getting divorced, but uh, she was a date, and uh, he actually owns an, a bar in Aspen that apparently puts on drag shows and LGBTQ events, um, which of course are really against uh, Lauren Boebert's moral sensibilities, whatever those may be, but uh, there you go. That's unanswered question number two, and it will remain unanswered because I don't, I don't know how you vote for her, but I guess it's probably more a vote against the Democrats. So uh, that's our topic of the week, unanswered questions. We answered the Adam 22. We're going to have to push the Lauren Boebert question further into the future for analysis. But uh, anyway, let's get into music and I'm going to lead the next set off. Your music from uh, Cherry Glazer, Sugar. It's got a great music video, too, if you want to check that out on YouTube. So anyway, uh, here's Cherry Glazer with Sugar. You're listening to Living with Cramel on WGOT LP Gainesville, 100.1 FM. Bottle up 
shoveling up the snow Like I couldn't live without it In the moonshine And the riptides And in the meantime On the B-side Yeah, I'm already kissing switch
All right, that is a new one from Metric. Who would you be for me? And, of course, you're listening to Living with Grandma on WGOT LP Gainesville. Uh, before that, you had Cherry Glazer, Sugar. Then it was a super group featuring uh, some members of The Cure, as well as Susie and the Banshees, along with uh, the song features Bobby Gillespie, who is the lead singer for Primal Scream, and the song title is Ghosted at Home. Um, hopefully they'll come up with a name for the group pretty soon. Then it was one from Drop Nine Teens uh, called A Hitch. Then you heard the Phillies, I'm Waiting for the Man. Uh, after that, you had Harp, I Am the Seed, and that's it. Y'all caught up to everything you've heard on the show this week. So let's do a little bit of movies and TV um, type stuff, which we normally do here close to the end of the show. And I haven't seen a ton of new stuff because um, I'm spending a lot of time watching uh, the 21 stages of La Vuelta. As Sepp Kuz, I mentioned earlier in the show, I helped him win, giving him some uh, luck, I believe, anyway. But um, I have been watching the show that's a weekly show that's been airing on HBO on Sunday nights and wrapped up season two, which will, interestingly enough, be the last season because they canceled the show like two days ago. And that is Winning Time, The Rise of the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty, which might be one of the all-time worst titles for a show. Because um, first of all, it makes you think it's like a sports docu-series. It is not a docu-series. It's a dramatic retelling of the events that were going on in the 70s and 80s as the Lakers rose to power. So what I'm going to do for my review, I actually uh, prepped this time. I've got a top 10 list. Why you should watch the show, even if you don't like sports and you don't like basketball. So here we go. Let's start at number 10. Uh, Winning Time is actually a lot more about the decade of the 80s than the sports um, that were part of the 80s. Lots of big hair, and maybe my favorite thing is no cell phones. But uh, during this time, you got to keep in mind, uh, as Magic is coming into the league, uh, pro basketball was on TV only like one time a week nationally. And the NBA Finals back then, they didn't even show them live. They aired them tape delayed after shows like Dallas, and the Dukes of Hazard on CBS like at 11.30 p.m. Um, so that's reason number 10. If you like the 80s, you'll like this show. Uh, reason number nine, John C. Riley. He's one of my favorite actors. And if you listen to the tone of his voice, John C. Riley and Fred um, Salder from The End Is Nine, their voice tonally is really close. It kind of freaks me out sometimes. But um, in this show, Winning Time, John C. Riley always has an unbuttoned open shirt on, which is a great look uh, if you can pull it off. Uh, if you have the machismo, which I clearly do not because I would probably be judged uh, for my chest hair like as a hairless chihuahua would probably be the nicest way I can put it, but uh, that's number nine. John C. Riley, number eight. Jerry West. If you're not familiar with him because you don't know much about sports, Jerry West was a really famous player, ex-coach, general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers, and he also happens to be, if you look at the NBA logo, they actually made the logo in Jerry West likeness, so uh, big name in the NBA, and in this show, Jason Clark gives an insanely uh, funny performance as Jerry West. Um, I think that it's intended to be a parody uh, but maybe not. I don't know. So there you go. Reason number eight, Jerry West. Reason number seven, the casting. And I don't really know how you could have done much better uh, casting the show, especially 
since you need some taller guys, obviously, we can play a little bit of basketball, especially uh, for Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who uh, the show, those are the two main people the show follows around, uh, and a little bit of Larry Bird. Um, so they had to wind up hiring like two inexperienced guys with uh, almost no acting credits to play both the characters, and they've really been up to the challenge, and they, they're getting better like each season. And then on top of that, you've got John C. Riley. Adrian uh, Brody, Jason Segal, Sally Field, also all starring in the show. Uh, so that's seven. Number six, uh, the owner, Dr. Jerry Buss. Yeah, he bought the Lakers. They tell you how he did that in the series. And he had an absolutely crazy party life, even outside the business of uh, real estate and running the Los Angeles Lakers. Mentioned John C. Riley before. That's who plays him. And the best part, um, is it basically every scene, it looks like John C. Riley just wandered off the set of Boogie Nights wearing like full costumes from that period. Awesome. Speaking of awesome, number five, the soundtrack. A ton of great songs from the 70s and 80s, including, among other people, Prince, Duran Duran, Marvin Gaye, Devo, uh, Cheap Trick. Willie Nelson, and on and on and on, et cetera, et cetera. Great soundtrack, which makes sense for a show that uh, mostly plays music, like Living with Grandma. Reason number four. See, in season two, they really started to find the drama of the situation because season number one was built more around like the 80s nostalgia and the comedy uh, things that were going on uh, in the series. So it was much more nostalgia and funny. Season two is way more about like all the behind the scenes infighting, and it's really like another show on um, HBO. So it's succession like. Um, and then I'll have to say episode five from season two is gonna be on my favorite um, almost standalone episodes list uh, from TV, along with the one, the gay love story episode of The Last of Us. Uh, also, another one I really like this year is uh, When Logan Died on Succession, and then uh, the Christmas episode of The Bear, which we've already talked about on the show. So, um, lots of drama this season. Uh, really gets settles into a groove. So, we're to reason number three. And uh, I'm gonna do Jerry West again. That's how much I like uh, the character on the show. And it turns out that this characterization is one of the most controversial creative decisions uh, that the producers had to make because Jerry West is unhappy about it. Other people are unhappy about it, but uh, it's so funny. And the move they made, um, it pays off every single time you see Jerry West in that scene. Reason number two, it has a really interesting style visually and storytelling wise. It does like a lot of breaking the fourth wall and looking to the character or looking into the camera and talking and uh, the creative force behind is Adam McKay who's done a lot of great uh, stuff including Succession. Uh, that's the third time we've brought that up but uh, he's behind it. He does some of the same stuff he did uh, with a movie he directed called The Big Short in terms of taking something that's maybe not super interesting but through creative storytelling and um, comedy he's able to tell a story that uh, is compelling and Winning Time really does a good job of that because it is a nice blend between nostalgia, comedy, and drama and sports too, of course. And then the last reason why you should watch uh, Winning Time, even if you're not a basketball fan or sports fan, LA, Los Angeles. 
who wouldn't want to spend a little bit of time uh, being rich and living in LA uh, in the 80s, at least for a couple of years anyway, but um, I know I would. And if you don't find that ability uh, to spend some time uh, with the celebrities in the 80s in LA, then probably winning time isn't for you, even if you like basketball, because that's a big part of the show uh, itself, which is Los Angeles set in the 1980s. So there you go. 10 reasons why you should watch Winning Time, even if you don't like sports. And uh, you're only going to have to watch two seasons because it's not coming back for a third. But from that soundtrack, which I love, a perfect song, since the show is a lot about Magic Johnson, you're going to hear Olivia Newton-John with Magic.
my new Seville My tribe went down in the Hall of Fame Cause I'm the one who shot Jesse James Power for power, I will never break down Big Bang. No sir, I don't mess around Me, a veteran known as the Master G. A fucking in squad, sense the danger. When it's done, about the rapping ranger. Had a little talk with my medicine man. He said, Get them squads fast as you can. To all you girls that want to join my tribe, just move to my rhythm and feel my vibe. Put up a fuss in the end, you'll agree. But when you come inside my TV, as I said before, you can sense the danger. When you're stung about the rapping ranger, with silver and I take a ride. All you chicks better step aside. I stay in the squads, then I run away. Super is what I'll say
Okay, uh, from the Grease soundtrack, that is Frankie Valley with the title song, Grease. A really underrated disco classic, I think because uh, it's kind of related to uh, 1950s and greaser culture, but it's a really well-written disco song by the Bee Gees that actually wrote that. So um, before that, in that mix, we did all uh, songs from the Wayne Time soundtrack. A show on HBO that I recommended. So you heard uh, Libby Newton John with Magic. Then the Sugar Hill Gang with Apache. Uh, probably uh, <laughs> there's some offensive stuff in there, but uh, nothing cursing wise. And then after that, you had David Bowie, Let's Dance. And that is everything you've heard so far here on uh, Living with Cramela. Before I head out the door and hand things over to another great DJ, quick reminder we're on Patreon and Good news is we had two brand new people sign up this week. Um, you can pretty much name your price. Dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, whatever you want to do. That's Patreon and also definitely uh, you can keep up most up to date rather with um, things that are happening with Living with Kramla and Kramla Mix Show by going to the WGOT Facebook page. And there's also uh, we're doing a fundraiser right now. It's called Fred's Yard Sale, which is actually a yard sale but also we're going to try to do something virtual so uh yeah check out the wgot facebook page for that but uh anyway we are at the closing track this week and i've got a good one uh this is uh takei maidza with w a or let me try that again here's how you know you are keeping it real when you won't even edit out the fact that you can't spell Let's try that again. Here is your closer of the week. It's Takei Maidza with W-U-A-C-V here on Living with Cramelo. Bye. Watch me kill the silence. Woke up and chose violence. Woke up and chose violence. Woke up and chose violence. Watch me kill the silence. Woke up and chose violence. Woke up and chose violence. Woke up and chose violence. Watch me kill the silence. Woke up and chose violence.
chose violence. Woke up and chose violence. Woke up and chose violence. Ooh.